Outfitters have clients from across the United States and from around the world who come to the province and spend millions of dollars to hunt and fish in the Newfoundland outdoors. Many of those outfitters and the millions of dollars they bring into rural communities are at risk because of the Valentine Lake gold mine. I'm Glenn Wheeler and this is Mi'kmaq Matters, a podcast about Mi'kmaq people, politics, land and water. on Zoom on December 14th at 7 p.m. Newfoundland time, 6.30 Atlantic, for a special town hall on the proposed Valentine Lake gold mine. Are the jobs worth the risks? Hear from the experts, ask your questions. See our Facebook or Twitter pages for more information. The deadline for public comments on the Valentine Lake gold mine is December 23rd. You can submit your comment by going to the webpage of the Impact Assessment Agency of Canada. Someone who will be putting in a comment is Corey Foster, director of the Newfoundland and Labrador Outfitters Association. Outfitters in the province compete with Africa and Alaska for business. One of the big draws in Newfoundland is the caribou hunt. The island has the only non-resident hunt for woodland caribou. Much of that hunt takes place in the same area as Marathon Gold Corporation wants to build a series of open pit gold mines. I asked Corey Foster about the outfitting business and the concerns of his members about the Valentine Lake mega mine. Okay, so we have one outfitter that would be located very, very close to the project. Um, It's my understanding that this outfitter and Marathon Gold are working together, uh, collaborating very well. But we have other outfitters who are we'll say within 20, 30 kilometers away as a crow would fly. Um, and, in, and when I speak of outfitters, uh, in this case, our outfitters who are located in that area are big game outfitters. So their primary species actually would be moose, caribou, black bear. Um, yeah, so, so that's there's probably a handful, maybe about a half a dozen. If I had to identify them, there'd be about a half a dozen more but uh within close vicinity or within vicinity enough that um, there could potentially be impacts yeah at least a half a dozen yeah none of your outfitters are into uh salmon it's mostly a big game um operation that they your members run in that area so yeah within that area we do have an operator uh actually we have a couple no that's a lot um that is a lot we do have a couple operators um who do atlantic salmon uh, who do angling in the area. Absolutely. Um, it's just a little, I guess they don't offer it as much as what they would big game. Big game is their primary and angling is definitely their secondary. There's more money in, uh, in big game. Um, Absolutely. And, and, and tell us, and tell us about the, the big game uh, hunt, uh, including uh, caribou. Um, who are you competing against uh, for customers and what yep. is the draw for that part of uh, the island? Well, um, it's funny because when we, we do a lot of marketing, our organization does, we do six trade shows a year, five of which are in the US, uh, 85% plus of our customers come from the United States. And um, caribou, of course, is a big species. We're the only place in the world that a non-resident can hunt a woodland caribou. Um, so that's a really unique factor that we have. And all of our outfitters are unique uh, in terms of wilderness hunting. 
when you come to Newfoundland to hunt a caribou or moose, um, that's just hunt in general, I guess, you don't see very many people very often. Our lodges are all remotely located. Um, they're deep in the heart of the country. And typically, you know, a lot of our lodges are not where a person like myself, a, a Newfoundlander, would go to hunt um, because a lot of them are very remote. They're hard to access. And a lot of our outfitters really focus, develop their businesses around having their own unique hunting areas. Uh, you know, in terms of world stage, when I say who we're competing against, uh, we compete against Alaska and Africa. When I go to trade shows, I literally have potential customers come to me and say, okay, I'm looking at going to Africa. I'm looking at going to Alaska. Why would I come to Newfoundland? And we've got a lot of bonuses. Um, free range hunting is definitely a big one where, you know, um, basically you can hum, come and hunt almost anywhere that the animals aren't fenced in. You're not, uh, yeah, you're not, you're not hunting within a fence, which happens in a lot of places around the world. Um, and it's just, um, we're a unique lo location with uh, really good success rates. We've got good animal populations and uh, yeah, we're, we're definitely very sought after. And what's the, and let's talk about the money involved in, uh, in that uh, business. So um, I guess uh, your, your visitor from uh, United States or wherever is paying the outfitter, or they're probably buying a package. So they're, they're getting uh, the money for the license, the accommodation, all of, all of it. Uh, is part of this package. So what? tell us about what kind of money we're talking about. Well, it's generally, you're exactly right. It's a package hunt all in one. Uh, majority of hunting trips would be a seven-day trip. And uh, it all depends on what you're hunting. I would say an average black bear hunt would be about $3,500 US. Uh, average moose hunt would be around 6000 US. And your average caribou hunt would probably be around nine to 10000 US. I've got caribou operators who hunt not far from uh, the area uh, where the proposed mine sites to who are getting almost $20,000 US uh, for a caribou hunt. You know, we're a $50 million industry uh, made up of probably about 300 operators all across Newfoundland and Labrador. And uh, of, that, of that 50 million, about 40 million is big game. And the only big game operations for non-resident is here on the island of Newfoundland. Mm. Yeah. And, and, le and let's, uh, so for this package, let's uh, think about what happens to that money. Obviously, it doesn't all go to the operator. Uh, the operator has to pay people to work in the camps. There are cooks, there are guides, there are probably people who uh, pick them up at the, uh, at the airport and get them to the camp. Um, so who, who, who's part of that uh, money stream in these uh, big game hunts? Yep. So, well, obviously, Right off the bat, you've got 1,300 employees, um, the majority of which are located in rural towns uh, are from rural Newfoundland and Labrador, which is, which is a big deal. Um, you know, we're, our industry sector, I guess, of the tourism industry is certainly a big in rural Newfoundland and Labrador. Um, and um, yeah, I guess, you know, you've got a lot, you've got a lot of businesses that rely on income from our industry. Um, everything from grocery stores, convenience stores, gas stations, propane, all, all the business operations. So, you know, your accounting, your legal, et cetera. Um, we've certainly got a significant spin-off sector, that's for sure. Hmm. Yeah. Now, um, we've heard about uh, uh, the state of uh, caribou on the island. Of course, the coyote, uh, uh, appearance of the coyote is bad news for, the, um, for caribou. Um, and just, I think generally all across the continent, caribou numbers are down. What are you, 
what are you seeing uh, on the island and um, and ha- how is that, you know, any change in numbers affected your members' operations? Oh, absolutely. Um, just recently, two years ago, we had Caribou Management Area 69 closed down. There are a couple other Caribou Management Areas in the province that are closed, and it's because of declining populations uh, of the woodland caribou. Um, there are significant concerns here, just the same as all across the rest of northern Canada. I mean, if you look at Labrador, for instance, the George River caribou herd has gone from less than 800,000 down to, I believe, the most recent numbers are around 12,000. So it's rebounded a little bit, thankfully, in the last couple of years. For Newfoundland, I think our population is sitting somewhere around 20 to 25,000 right now. That's all of our herds right across the island. Um, and we used to be well over 100,000 animals. So, uh, yeah, there's been significant impacts. There was what we call in the business a caribou crash back in 2007, 2008, where a lot of our operators lost all of their caribou or a significant amount. Um, since that time, the industry has had, I will say, I've been with the NLOA for six and a half years. In my six and a half years here, the most non-resident caribou tags that have been available have been 267. And I believe this year we are somewhere around uh, 216. So... You know, uh, it's and it's scary, um, highly concerning. We watch it very, very closely. Hmm. Now, um, let's talk about the proposed um, Valentine Lake uh, gold mine. Um, What you mentioned that one of your operators um, has been in conversation with uh, with Marathon. And from what you can tell, they they're being able to work things uh, out somehow. Um, what, what do you see, what are you concerned uh, about in terms of impact on outfitting from this uh, mine? Uh, there's, there's some operators that are absolutely going to be affected, um, you know, from incre- increased traffic, um, the effects of noise on the animal populations uh, within, within the vicinity of the project. Our biggest concern is by far the woodland caribou. Um, so our woodland caribou migrate south uh, for the winter to the cab, what we call the calving grounds. And um, one of the major herds, the Buckins herd, actually migrates right alongside of the uh, proposed project. So we know that Marathon Gold are doing a lot of work uh, in terms of a caribou study, and that's ongoing for a while and will continue for a very long time. Um, and that by far is our biggest concern. We've had some significant projects happen on the island here uh, in the past few years, especially the transmission line that has gone from Northern Peninsula all the way to St. John's, and then from Central all the way to Port of Basque. And uh, we've seen significant changes in our caribou um, since that project has started right up until, you know, today it's implemented, it's somewhat operational. Um, Do you mean there are fewer caribou in those those areas? The caribou were gone or, or what? No, absolutely, yeah. So if you look at CMA 69, for instance, what I just referred to that closed, you go back a few years ago, I mean, it had a very healthy uh, caribou population. The only comparison that we can find uh, in terms of something that happened is the transmission line went through. Uh, so we don't really know. And again, that's, you know, that's pure speculation on our part. But, uh, you know, we think uh, everybody knows, uh, anyone who knows anything about caribou, they know uh, the slightest little thing can change everything about them in terms of where they are, what they do, uh, et cetera. And, uh, you know, so for, as it relates to this project with the caribou migrating right alongside of the project, uh, we're hopeful that uh, there will be no impacts in terms of them accessing their calving grounds, which is extremely important for the population to survive. 
but uh, we're fearful that it will. Hmm. So you mentioned your, your outfitter member uh, had a chat with Marathon. I, and you too have, have been in direct discussions with, uh, with Marathon. Uh, can you tell us about, about those conversations? What, uh, what have you heard in response to your concerns? And if you are, you're confident that uh, there are any sure answers to your concerns? Yeah, you know what? We've actually, we've had a number of meetings, our board of directors, myself and our president uh, with Marathon Gold. Um, and um, the meetings have all gone very well. I mean, if you look at the EIS, for instance, uh, there's a lot of work being done on this. Um, you know, uh, one of the things uh, in one of the meetings, actually, you and I were a part of, they mentioned that 14 of the 15 values that they've studied have all come back good with the exception of the woodland caribou. So that one's concerning. Um, but we are, you know, we have discussed the work that they're doing, the work that will be done. Um, we're confident that they're going about doing everything that they possibly can uh, in the right way as it stands for today. And we would hope that that would continue into the future. And especially if impacts uh, start to take place, for instance, if we do see um, that the caribou are being impacted, that they're not typically migrating in the same place where they would be. Um, you know, Marathon Gold has said if they absolutely have to, they could probably consider a, a partial shutdown for that part of the project uh, for the duration of the migration. Um, they've talked about a number of things. There's quite a bit in the EIS. Um, so I guess we're hopeful that, uh, that they stand by what they've said and, and what they're trying to do. And we're confident that they will. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is a significant project. Um, the economic benefits to our province would be immense. The employment opportunities for the people of the province would be immense, especially for the local communities around the area. I mean, it's just, it's a really, really good economic opportunity. And, you know, we are fearful of impacts, but at the same time, uh, we're hopeful that the impacts will be minimized. Um, and we feel that they're going to work to ensure that that happens. Mm. Uh, I think, Corey, you're from the Buckins area yourself. And, um, we know uh, in that area, Buckins and Millertown, Grand Falls, there is a lot of public support uh, for this um, for this mine because people are are waiting for the work. Um, do you think that even if Marathon has the best intentions, do you think that um, you know there's any guarantee that the the procedures they have in place will be successful? Maybe I mean it's very hard to tell what what will work in such an economically or such a ecologically sensitive area. Yeah. Uh, you know what, Glenn, that's a, that's a living, breathing question. And that's probably the best way to put it because um, I guess nobody knows until, you know, if the project does go ahead, goes in full swing. Um, I guess up until that point, will we not know what the impacts will be? And uh, we're just, we're just hopeful, really believe that uh, any impacts that are known, that they'll work with the proper people, groups, do whatever needs to be done to ensure that they're minimal. Um, so we just got to be, you know, we, from an accountability perspective, uh, for us, you know, we got to ensure that that's there. And uh, we got to ensure, I'll call it a partnership because we need to work closely with them today, tomorrow, and well into the future um, to ensure that our outfitters that, are, that could be impacted by this project, uh, any impacts are extremely minimal. And for those impacts, that are felt by our outfitters, and um, then there's accountability, and I'll even use the word compensation, you know, mm -hmm. uh, there to protect our outfitters because 
you know, a lot of our members, um, you know, we're one of the oldest forms of tourism in the province here. Uh, we've got outfitters who have been on the land for 50, 60, 70 years, and it would be an absolute shame to see their businesses destroyed and uh, no accountability as a result. Well, and uh, according to its, to its own estimates, Marathon is going to be around for 10 years. So um, yeah. outfitting has been around longer than 10 years and, and could be around longer than 10 years, uh, depending on what happens. So in terms of longevity, uh, you guys, the outfitters have it uh, over the uh, over the gold mine. Yeah, I, w- I would like to think so. Absolutely. Mm. Right, Corey. So what are your what are your next steps? You uh, you're going to be sub- making your submissions to uh, on the environmental impact statement. And uh, what are you going to be doing? You're going to be uh, making recommendations for mitigations, uh, things that you would like them to do, safeguards you would like them to take in order to protect the caribou. And uh, are, are there any things any specifics that uh, you're thinking of proposing? Uh, no, not, not anything specific. Um, we have five key areas of concern, uh, the Woodland Caribou being primary, of course, but like where the mine site is located there, well, they say in their words, they're two hours from any community. Um, so in that two hour drive for anyone who accesses the mine site from a community, there are multiple outfitters that they will pass along the way or come within very close vicinity of the physical location, as well as the hunting location where our outfitters hunt. Um, so we've got a big concern in terms of potential devaluing of businesses in the area. Um, so we'd like to have that one put in there um, and addressed in terms of if this is the, the worst case scenario, five, 10 years down the road, what will happen? What will they do? Uh, we've also talked about, you know, uh, seriously concerned with the noise and you know caribou is one thing but the remainder of wildlife in the area and what the noise will do um because caribou is is one of our primary uh but moose is by far our primary resource there's 216 non-resident woodland caribou tags for newfoundland there's 3930 non-resident moose tags Mm. um so moose is is definitely our primary resource uh, for our businesses so you know that's one uh i guess at the end of the day we'll be laying out our concerns um and laying out our expectations in terms of moving forward what we want to see uh what we'd like to see for marathon gold um and how we'd like to continue working with them and have issues addressed as we move along the way yeah Yeah. and number i guess the the biggest thing is, is protection for our outfitters corey foster executive director of the newfoundland and labrador outfitters association once again a reminder that you can submit your comment on the Valentine Lake Gold Mine before December 23rd. Visit the Impact Assessment Agency of Canada page to make your comment. You can watch the replay of our special online public meeting on the Valentine Lake Gold Mine on our Facebook page. And that's it for the program. Allison Baker is the producer of Mi'kmaq Matters. Listen to Mi'kmaq Matters wherever you get your podcasts. And please leave a review. I'm Glenn Wheeler, Nimaltus. <laughs>